0: Join me each week as I share lessons learned, helpful tips, and valuable information for your retail business and life. Whether you're buying your products or making your products, whether you're a 25K business or a $2.5 million business, I'm on a mission to help indie retailers work less, profit more and grow. Let's get started on today's episode. Welcome to episode 157 of the Savvy Shopkeeper Retail Podcast. I'm your host, Kathy Cruz, and I'm already laughing <laughs> 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 because uh, because I have Anne Begaski who I'm interviewing today. It's been a while since I've done any shopkeeper stories interviews, and I figured it was time to come back, and I loved, because in Master Shopkeepers, I have an application to uh, participate in this and for me to interview the people in that group and Anne submitted or commented i think on an old post and said like i would do this and i was like well fill out the application Mm -hmm. so i'm on zoom with her and she can see me so we're both laughing because i'm doing the formal introduction and it probably feels weird because we've become friends over the years we hang out at america's mart so i want to formally introduce Anne. Anne owns Peachtree Street Lifestyle Boutique. And then this past year, I should say in 2022, she opened up another location across the street, and that one's Decor by Peachtree Street. We also joked about how it can be a tongue twister because I want to say it super fast. And Anne is in Ohio. So Anne, welcome. Thank you for being here. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. This is fun. It is fun. It's going to be fun. So tell me a little bit, I always like to kick these off by getting you to tell us your story because so many of us don't go from maybe high school or getting a bachelor's degree or some type of degree and then open up a store. All of our stories are really different. So I'm curious, I don't even know if I know this, what's your story that led you into shopkeeping?
1: Shopkeeping was, was always something that I thought was something I'd like to do in retirement. And so it was kind of always in the back of my mind of something um, I wanted to do. And through the course of my career and being a stay-at-home mom, I worked in all various sectors and most recently worked at my father's consulting firm. And he was wanting to retire and looking to me to take over the business. And I just had a real um, heart-to-heart with myself and realized that wasn't what I wanted to do. And I wanted to find my own passion and create something by myself and grow. And I went into his office one day and said, thanks, I love you, but I'd like to pursue owning a store. And I think he about fell out of his chair and (laughs) he said, okay, because I had no idea what I was doing, but like I typically do, I researched and jumped in with both feet and here we are. So how many years did you work in in a consulting role? I was consulting for three years with my dad. And prior to that, I was a stay-at-home mom for a long time. And before that, I worked in various industries in sales, communications.
0: And I can tell from conversations I've had with you in the past, you're close with your dad. Yes. Yes.
1: Yeah. So that had to be really hard It was not an easy conversation (laughs) and it was not an easy thing to come to the conclusion for myself, to be really truly honest with myself because I felt that I was letting my family down and um, I knew what I was walking away from. So for me to say, hey, (laughs) thanks, but no thanks was not uh, a fun thing, but... Ultimately, I'm a lot happier for it. So yeah, good for you. Any particular steps or kind of work that you did?
0: I talk about mindset all the time and working on our mindset. Anything that you did to prepare you for that conversation?
1: No, I had no idea what I was going to say. I just sucked it up and walked in the office. (laughs) (laughs) Well, good for you. (laughs) Okay, now or never, here we go. So
0: just to put it in perspective, what what was the timeline? What years did that happen in?
1: I, in uh, 2018, it was summer. And he had said, I'd really like to look towards retirement. Let's start ramping you up and getting you ready. And it took a couple of months of me, okay, yay, I'm excited. And then, oh, no, I don't know if I want to do this. And I think I went into him in September, and I said, mm, I want to try this other route. And that was um by way of another friend of mine who kind of put the little bug in my ear that maybe shopkeeping or ownership was not something I had to wait for retirement for. And uh and so I I believe I told him, yeah, like I said, late September, early October. And when did you open Peachtree Street, the OG location, like we call it? (laughs) Well, um, I did all my business filings and all that. So technically, that was all formed in November of 18. I signed my lease and took that over of January of 19. And we had our soft opening in March of nineteen.
0: Oh wow, you moved on it pretty good. Yeah, quickly. I didn't hesitate.
1: <laughs> okay, good
0: for you. So that's the still the original location. The actual location you opened in yes. is the OG location. OG. Yes. Okay. And and remind me what city, not me, listeners, tell the listeners what city state is it in.
1: We are in historic downtown Powell, Ohio. And I have to say that I've been
0: to Ann's store, which we're going to talk about in a little bit, but I've been to <laughs> Ann's store, popped in for a couple of visits. The area is so charming. I don't know what I was expecting. I don't know if I have any expectations when I stop in and visit master shopkeepers. i I don't really research. I don't look at the area. I literally pull up the address depending on my direction of travel. We've stopped in stores in North Carolina, all over the place, all over Michigan, Ohio. And so I don't necessarily have expectations. I think I like the element of surprise. And I think that's what was um, what was so nice was how charming that whole area is. So I could, I could see like there would be a lot of, especially in the summer months or the good weather times, and that can be hard in Ohio, but that you would have a decent amount of foot traffic, both car traffic too, because it's a main street, but it's really charming. So tell us about Peachtree Street. Like what was your vision? for it and did it evolve into anything else that actual location over time
1: initially i knew i wanted to do decor items and i knew that you had to factor in gift in there just to be sustainable but i wasn't quite sure what direction it would take off because i did do everything so quickly hence a generic name um a throwback to where i grew up i grew up just north of atlanta so Peachtree Street is kind of in my blood up here in Ohio. Everybody thinks it's cute. All my friends in Georgia roll their eyes and go, really? Couldn't be more creative. (laughs) Uh, But I wasn't quite sure what direction we were going to grow into. So I wanted something that would grow with the store. And it became pretty obvious within the first six or seven months that we were outgrowing our original location. So I went through all kinds of scenarios of ex- expansion. Do I open a se- second location? Do I look for just a larger location? Do I stay in town? Do I find another town? And we went through a couple more, like okay, we're going down this road and then oop, change direction. And ultimately the building across the street from the original came available. And I literally walked in one day and said, yeah, this could work and completely switched gears once again, because apparently that's what I do and decided that I'm going to operate both stores and we're going to move home decor and a couple other things across the street. And then we're going to expand on that. And the original location is going to become more kitchen and gift and pantry items. Uh, we have the spirit wear for the local high schools and that kind of evolved that way. Yeah. And so
0: the original location, because I've been in it, it has two floors mm-hmm. and I did like the separation of the upstairs was the apparel and the school themed items. And downstairs was more gift because of course I shopped while I was there. <laughs> <laughs> gift. And it did have a little bit of home decor. So I, even though I haven't been in the new location, I could see the separation there and I could see why you wanted more space. This episode is brought to you by my free resource, open a brick and mortar retail store checklist. If you're feeling overwhelmed, I get it get my checklist to help you get your thoughts and to-dos organized. Organized by topic, this checklist is the list I wish someone would have given me many years ago when I opened. Visit SavvyShopkeeper.com forward slash open checklist, all one word, SavvyShopkeeper.com forward slash open checklist. Sign up for my newsletter to get the checklist. In terms of the first location,
1: when did that
0: business become profitable for you uh
1: year two okay yeah, yeah I broke fantastic. I broke even which I broke even while paying myself so to me that's profit yes uh in 2020 okay so it was okay we're doing this in 21 you know we repeated that so I felt we had a stable enough base to expand and go forward.
0: And I have to say, too, I mean, I can tell in Master Shopkeepers that in terms of like being financially savvy, you're one of those members where it, you, you'll have conversation conversations about a variety of other subjects. But I feel like you have really solid footing on the financial stuff and on your data and on bookkeeping. You're like, nope, I'm good there, but I want to talk about X, Y, Z. So I have to give you credit for that. I mean, we are all we all have strengths in certain areas, but I, I could see that the financial stuff is a strength already for you. And that's why I wanted to ask about profitability because I figured that probably came soon after you opened and you seem confident in your numbers too, which is, which is nice. It's nice to see, right? So I also want to ask, I know you've done, I think most of your shopkeeping journey as a single parent. How has that been?
1: It, uh, it's a challenge and I'm not going to lie. I am a solo parent in every sense of the phrase. And so with that, every decision, every single decision I have made concerning the stores, uh, even opening timing, uh, what, what our hours are, what we carry even to a degree, everything revolves around my ability to put my children and family first. And I love that. I I
0: know that's why I wanted to tap into this conversation because I I think it's important for people to listen to. I know I know we have listeners who are in the middle of maybe a divorce or separation and who wonder, can they can they do this? Can they run this business by themselves? And you're just a really good example of that. I think it's also important to know when I did visit the second time I think it was <laughs> and why i have goosebumps thinking about it because i met all three of your children on that visit it was in spurts i think was it brooke that was working the store so oh, i, I, I with uh, there. yeah so of course i connected with brooke and i've gotten to know brooke not quite as well as karen my sister has because we <laughs> should besties right we should say that karen and brooke ann's daughter have become besties at america's mart <laughs> and it's <laughs> so cute it's adorable but at first, it was Brooke that was working at the store, and then your other daughter showed up, and then your son showed up, and I got to meet all three of them. And not only were they just happy to be part of the store and helping you at the store, but they were also so proud of you. Your son was adorable, the way he talked about you and the store. It was just Aww. the sweetest thing. And I left there with like such a warm heart, like knowing you're doing what you love, and that they're supporting you, and that they're really part of it. So what are the things that they've done in terms of growing with the store? Because how old were they at the time when you opened? That was four years ago.
1: Well, let's see. So my oldest was 16. So I had 16, 14, and 11. Um, So my oldest was a junior in high school. So junior, sophomore, and then not do the math. And now my oldest, Megan, is a junior in college. Brooks is a sophomore in college. And Michael is a sophomore in high school. So- they really went through, I guess that kind of formative part and they've done everything with me from day one, even, Hey guys, come check out this building. What do you think? And they were like, okay, mom. (laughs) And to where, okay, there's an empty space and Hey, I'm bringing everybody there to, this is where I want to put x and and this is what we're gonna sell and what do you guys think about this and getting their opinions on everything we they have helped put together displays unpack boxes they know how to run the registers they know how to do inventory uh you've met brooke obviously in atlanta she has come to market with me a couple of times And so she is really understanding the back end and the buying part. And she loves, she even just recently changed her major to merchandising because she loves to put together uh, displays. She likes to go and say, oh, we bought X from this vendor and Y from this. And we're going to put these together and we're going to sell it for a certain amount. And she loves that part. They all chip in to, to work at some point. Even my son, which <laughs> he likes to count the money. That's about what he likes to do.
0: <laughs> Logan likes to do the same thing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, oh, I don't like talking to people, which is so not, I'm like, what? You love talking to people. But um, maybe there's just, like the off. nervousness of like sell- selling something to people.
0: I wonder. That's interesting though, because I-, I feel like he didn't have any any reservations about having a conversation with me he it seemed very natural for him no I mean,
1: he he doesn't know a stranger so it's kind of it's kind of funny i think it's more the fact that you know this is my thing i i'm so, not sure yeah but, um
0: so so but they know how to do some of the things they know hmm. how to enter an in inventory they know how to run the point of sale they know how to set up displays they know how to unbox they 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 do Wait. support you and that's really clear
1: They do. And they all know, well, especially my son, they all know, uh, the financial end, they understand margins and just how much, you know, what do we have to do? What do we have to sell to break even? (laughs) What's our break even? What do we have to do to get there? And they all understand that. And my son jokes, because a lot of times that's our dinner conversation. (laughs) Yes, we'll go out for tacos and we're, okay, let's talk about how the stores did today. And, or I'm driving down the road and I throw in my phone. I say, open up Shopify and look and tell me these numbers so he knows how to go through. And Or you go, Kathy's asking this. I need an answer for her. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: now forward three, four years, really, from the time that you opened, how many team members, do you consider any of your children as team members or they are occasionally helping and working?
1: I do. Uh, the girls are officially on payroll. Okay. Uh, Michael just turned 16 last fall. Uh, so I have threatened him that if he doesn't get a job, he will be going on payroll, (laughs) but he does get, does get compensated when he does work. Um, Outside of that, I have right now four others that work throughout the week currently. Okay. Yeah. So that's a team
0: of Mm -hmm. seven plus you or six or seven plus you. That'll keep you busy. How do you like the role of manager or retail CEO? Because... You've taken the quiz. We've done group calls on the stages. I'm pretty sure you're at retail CEO level. How do, how does that feel? How does it feel to be in
1: that role? Uh, good. I like it. It's where I strive to be. Okay. I want more. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little stressful because you're managing everyone else's schedules along with your own and trying to do what's best for the store. And sometimes, oh, I feel bad asking somebody to work today, but get over that that's what we're doing. We're all working. And, you know, you might put a label that CEO or owner, but trust me, I get dirty too. open in the boxes and work in the store. And I think we've talked about that on the retail
0: CEO calls. It, it, everyone agrees. Like, listen, you know, we even had someone say like, I still clean toilets on occasion. We all have to sometimes do that dirty work. But I think what's important is that we're not doing those tasks all the time it doesn't mean we're above anyone else or that we can't do them it just means that we really need to spend the majority of our time doing the ceo level work we also talked before i pressed record we talked about you know just having the confidence that we have now or i think close in age and we joked around how if we had that confidence at the age of like 20, 25, how different things would be. But I think that comes that really oozes out of you is that confidence like, listen, I'm going to do what I need to do. I know I want more. I'm confident in knowing I want more and I'm going to step into the role that I need to step into to get it done. So i that's one thing I appreciate about you a lot. This episode is brought to you by Master Shopkeepers, my mastermind group for brick-and-mortar retail store owners. If you're craving support, connection, inspiration, and motivation for your retail business, apply to join us. It doesn't matter what stage of shopkeeping you're in. What matters is your drive to work less, profit more, and grow, both personally and professionally. Learn more at SavvyShopkeeper.com forward slash group membership. That's SavvyShopkeeper.com forward slash group membership, all one word. So what's the future for Peachtree Street?
1: I don't know. To be honest, I would like to get the two stores where they're going, where they're making a significant profit. How about that? And then expand again. And how we expand, I'm not sure. There's a couple different avenues that I'm looking at. I think... One of the things as a business owner that maybe you don't even realize you're doing, but I'm always thinking about the business and next steps and what direction I want to go. And I feel sometimes I'm like squirrel because I want to do this over here, but I want to do that over there. So it's just finding the right uh, opportunity and then being able to jump on it. When it presents itself, do you know
0: how many people right now are like shaking their heads listening to this going, (laughs) oh my gosh, yes, me too, me too? (laughs) I think it's the nature of business owners, especially retail store owners. We all do that. We all have a million ideas. We all want to try different things. And I think that's the fun, creative part about what we do. Although some people see it as, is a curse, but I don't think we have to look at it as a a curse. I think sometimes we can embrace that. Now, can we do every single thing that we want to do? Does it make sense? No. Sometimes we have to rein it in, but I think it is. that's the fun part about being an entrepreneur. Absolutely. So another thing that I want to mention when I visited your store and I did a whole audio. I actually recorded I don't know if you know this. You <laughs> I sent recorded, it to me. I loved it. I did. It made me cry. I recorded, I did a re- audio recording because I was in the car, I think, by myself and I left Ann's store. And it was like just so many little parts and pieces about the experience in your store. Merchandising was great. But some of the things that I noticed at the checkout area at the cash wrap. I noticed little parts bits and pieces of master shopkeepers like I think you had the the artwork the artwork yeah the artwork that was hanging on the window and then I looked over to the left and there was one of the worksheets from the worksheet bundles and I like was beaming I didn't say anything I was beaming with pride I was like oh I love that (laughs) (laughs) And that just takes me to master shopkeepers. I mean, you've been in master shopkeepers over two years now, maybe three years. Yeah. Yeah. What is it that made you join master shopkeepers? And what do you appreciate about master shopkeepers that has kept you in it for as long as you have?
1: Well, I think I was just ready to when I joined master shopkeepers, I was just ready to take everything to a next level. And I knew I needed a support system some help to get there. Uh, It's not easy being an owner because I feel like I personally felt very alone, even though I had a huge network of friends and family that were very supportive. And yes, and it jumps right in whenever I needed them. None of them were going through what I went through. And when I found you know savvy shopkeeper and then decided to take the plunge into master shopkeepers i really found my people whether you know we're in the same sales industry didn't matter everyone just they've they've been in your place they know what you're going through they're super supportive when you're down they are super supportive when you are up and they celebrate with you And they just treat you, it's like a sisterhood that I can't even describe. I agree. I agree. I talk about, I
0: think I talk about it enough on the podcast. I feel the same way. Something special. And I use the word magic and I'm so not like that magical kind of person, (laughs) but it is, there's something magical about like the connections and the relationships in that group. What are some of the benefits that you've gotten out of being in master shopkeepers aside from the community, which is don't get me wrong. It's incredibly important. But are there any other benefits that you've
1: gotten out of being from in the group? Oh, yeah. So you talked about financials, right? Well, I was not very confident when I first started. I had no idea what an ROI was. I had no idea where all these things were. So even when we'd be on a call and somebody would mention something, I'm jotting notes down and then looking in past conversations or lessons. Oh, that's what that means. Oh, that's what that means. It was a constant learning for me and understanding my numbers, which again, I I thought, cool, made this much money today. No, I really didn't. (laughs) No, (laughs) (laughs) but in, and so that to me is invaluable and knowing that I can take these steps and this is how I learn it because I'm not an accountant. I can do that. And having the confidence to tackle, not just your books, but I mean, other things that even come along, payroll, hiring, man, you know, employee management, all of that. Yeah.
0: All right. You just caught me off guard because I was not expecting that. <laughs> I thought all of that came naturally to you. And I always say there are people in Master Shopkeepers who are quietly doing the work. There's someone else that I'm hoping to interview as part of this series. I don't know if we're going to get a call scheduled. She's busy. And I don't know if my schedule works with hers She's another one that caught me off guard when she sent me a message and said her revenue since joining master shopkeepers, her revenue had quintupled or something crazy. It's an insane number. So I really want to get her on the podcast to talk about why, because I know she'll share why, Uh, but she sat quietly. I had no idea. And then, you know, a year into the membership, she messages me and tells me her huge success story. And I had no idea. So thank you for saying that. I I didn't know that either. I thought it was something that came naturally to you. And you're like, listen, Kathy, I don't need your help on this, but we're going to talk about these other things.
1: That's because I I knew I could research
0: it. (laughs) You can go to the lab and look it all up. I love that. I had no idea. So if you were to give new or aspiring shopkeepers or even like the savvy starter level, which is like stage two, if you were to give someone in the first two stages or even the first three stages of shopkeeping advice, what what would be three bits of advice that you'd give store owners?
1: That's a good one. Fake it till you make it confidence wise. Even if you don't, you'll be a bundle of nerves. That's okay. Take your business seriously, but don't take yourself seriously. Ah, You know how, you know me and I am I'm quoting you on that. <laughs> I believe in having fun every day and there's some days I don't have fun and it makes me angry. So make sure that as long as you're loving it, most days of the week, (laughs) uh, and a third, do it for you. Mm. Do it on your schedule. What works for you? Not what you think other people need. Those are three great pieces of advice.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I try to say that all the time. I mean, yeah, we need to listen to what our customers are saying and what the data saying, but I think people, especially um, women who run retail stores, I think sometimes we underestimate that we can run these businesses on our terms and still be successful. And, And again- when I say successful, it's your version of success, mm-hmm. not anyone else's version of success. So I love that that's how you wrapped it up. Like, do it for you. It doesn't mean that you can't be a single parent with three children, preteen and teen, and do this. And now you have two children in universities and one heading probably to a university. You know, he's he's driving soon. And look at what you've done and what you've accomplished. And yeah, I agree. It sometimes takes, you know, quite a bit of people in our lives to help and support us. But really, in the end, you've done this. And without sounding too sappy, like I'm so proud of you. I think that's why I was so excited to have you on this, because I know you've done so much of this on your own. It's something that you should be proud of. So, if people want to follow you or visit your website, tell everyone where they can do that.
1: Everything on socials is Peachtree Street Home. Uh, so, website, Facebook, Instagram, it's all there.
0: Okay. Are you on TikTok too?
1: I am, but we need to get better at that. Ditto. <laughs> Jessica's probably pushing those buttons,
0: telling me to do it. Jessica from Be Joyful Shop.
1: (laughs) So (laughs) let me
0: just say this too, because this was a hilarious moment at the retreat in 2022. Anne and Jessica from Be Joyful Shop, who I've interviewed in the past, and she was a guest speaker at the 2022 retreat. The videographer was... You know, asking people to to be interviewed for a couple segments for my business. And of course, I had volunteers, and I'm so grateful. And Anne and Jessica were two of the volunteers. And they were impersonating me <laughs> and, and having fun. So when Anne says she likes to have fun, she likes to have fun. So the videographer sent me all of the video of the two of them <laughs> getting interviewed. And it's hilarious. I mean, they were <laughs> cracking themselves up. We're funny. Just ask us. Yes. <laughs> and thank you. Thank you for being buddies with us at America's Mart, because we tend to have dinner at least twice during yes. that week. Yes. Um. Thank you for bringing Brooke into Karen's life. She makes <laughs> Karen so happy. <laughs> And thank you for being part of my life. I love the friendship that we've built, too. And I love that we can laugh together because sometimes business can feel so heavy and daunting. And we can, like, sit in our misery sometime. And you're a good reminder of, like, let's just laugh and have fun with it. We're funny. Everyone's funny. Let's have fun.
1: Oh, thanks, Kathy. Thank you so I really much.